Welcome to the Fanfic Review, the brand new podcast nobody asked for, bringing you the worst pre-2012 fanfiction your pubescent self can indulge in. I'm Adrian. I'm Arthur. And we're going to read you some really, really terrible fanfiction today. As a disclaimer, we do not intend on making anyone feel bad, so... Yeah, uh, the last thing that we want is for anybody to find our podcast and think, oh man, I put... My heart and soul into that. I spent so many hours writing this Glee fan fiction, and now these two randos on the internet are ripping me a new one, and we just don't want that to happen. So if you're listening and you hear something and you think that sounds like something I've written, please don't worry. We don't hate you. We don't hate your writing. Oh, We don't hate anyone. Adrian's written more bad fan fiction than you have. That's true. Yeah, our... Firm belief is that your shitty 13-year-old Harry Potter fanfiction is the first step in becoming a great writer. So you gotta be shit before you can be spectacular. <laughs> That's the worst thing. Um, I spent all morning reading... What was I reading? You were reading I was Harry reading, Potter. No, I was reading Naruto Smut all morning. <laughs> and that what you said is still the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so... All right, so we're going to just get right into it. What do you have for us? Or should oh, I, I thought start you were going to start because I, I can... lot I've read first last time. <laughs> I get to just chill. Yes. Okay. So from request, I am going to be reading an Avatar: The Last Airbender fan fiction, and this came out. This was published November twenty eighth, two thousand five, and it is called <laughs> "The Slow Development of Love." And where did you find it? Fanfiction.net. Woo! Good old trusty fanfiction. Fan favorite. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> Too late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I'm gonna jump right in, alright? You quote my pubescent self. You suck, monkey butt. <laughs> <laughs> when did you say that? <laughs> when I was, like, a preteen, an early teenager. Was that a thing you said? It was the sickest insult in my friend group. Anyway. Just read it. All right. The Slow Development of Love by Liquid Flames. Oh, that's two elements in one. Appa landed on the North Pole's surface with a dull grunt, and Aang vaulted himself off the animal's back to help Katara, get she landed, gave him <laughs> a quick smile, then started yelling at her brother. <laughs> Wait... <laughs> Wait, would you like Wait, me to read that again? Would you like me you to read it again? Start over. I'll read it again. Okay. Appa landed on the North Pole's surface with a dull grunt, and Aang vaulted himself off the animal's back to help Katara get she landed. She gave him a quick smile, then started yelling at her brother. Okay. Come on, Sokka, it is so beautiful here, and you insist on sleeping all day. <laughs> now, I said get up, she yelled playfully as she splashed some cold Arctic water on him. <laughs> was all Sokka could manage to say as he sat up shivering. Aang chuckled and tried some bending also. To his surprise, the water followed obediently as his hands moved. He was shocked he could even make a drop come out of the water because his mind was supposed to be cleared, but it was actually far from it. It's not like he's the Avatar or anything. He's supposed to be able to bend all the elements. 
Well, if you'd actually gotten through some of The Legend of Korra with me, you would see that it's not so easy. It is for Aang. Except earthbending. Yeah, well, this isn't that. This is waterbending. He kept getting flashes of Katara's smile and losing concentration. Aang looked back and noticed Katara trying to get some of the gear down from Appa's back, so he went over to help her. Here, he said distractedly, I'll get this stuff, and with that, he shot a small burst of air around the items and lowered them to the ground. Sokka had finally joined them and Katara quickly drained the water out of his clothes for him. Is this really how you show that you love your older brother? I mean, I do need my sleep sometimes, Sokka said sourly. Katara and Aang looked at him, then at each other, then burst out laughing. Do you even, Aang started, know what time of day it is? Katara finished, <laughs> still in hysterics. Ha! <laughs> oh, sick burn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, disclaimer, sick burn is my own personal opinion and does not necessarily recommend the opinion of the author. Recommend. <laughs> what? You said recommend the opinion of the author. Oh, and does reflect. not necessarily reflect the opinion of the author. Sokka just shot a death glare in return and turned away. Well, if you're going to be so sour, then I think I would like to try some bending. Do you want to come with me, Aang? She asked. Aang thought he heard a bit of a pleading tone as she asked him to go, so he shrugged and finally agreed. You don't mind, do you, Sokka? I mean, we still need to set up camp and all, but we'll help with what you haven't got finished when we get back. Okay, Katara asked quietly. Oh, that wasn't quiet, my bad. Seeing his younger sister's hopeful face, he gave in and nodded. Just be back before dark, Sokka called as they turned to leave. You sound like mother now, Sokka, Katara joked, but I promise we'll be back before dark. Wow, that was wicked close to... So, what's her name? Her, the, Katara's voice actress. What's her name? I don't remember. Oh my god. Just keep reading. <sighs> I came here for entertainment. She smiled at him, then grabbed Aang and dragged him off to a calmer spot to bend at. Aang immediately started the routines, but Katara stayed further away from the bank and watched him practice. There was a voice in her head telling her to be honest with Aang and just tell him everything, but the other that was telling her not to was louder. She stood back for a few more moments until Aang noticed her. Come on, Katara, you were the one who wanted to practice. Let's try the water whip together, okay? He yelled happily. Oh, that wasn't loud enough. I'm doing so bad. Do the whip! She nodded her agreement and walked to his side. You'll have to help me because I can't seem to get the movements right, she told him almost sorrowfully. <laughs> he smiled and helped her through the movements, then stood back. You do it now. I will be right here if you need help, he said encouragingly. He stood off to her side behind her and watched her watched how she stood poised, gracefully raising her arms while shifting her weight. He observed her facial movements as she shifted and how they changed from one of relaxation to one of deep focus and concentration. He noticed that mixed in with the concentration was also some exhaustion. Looking a little closer, he noticed that her body and her hands were shaking slightly as if trembling from the cold. He slowly walked toward the young girl and caught her hands. Slowly, as he lowered her hands, the water went to the bank and Katara fell backwards into him. Aang only then realized that she had passed out. Maybe she should be sleeping. She should be they sleeping. They made fun of Saga. They were like, don't sleep. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't. Wasting your day, Saga? Asked college me. I'm blacking out for a weekend on caffeine. Oh my, that's the worst story. He carefully pulled Katara to the largest, most protected tree he could find and laid her down by it. Trees in the Arctic? <laughs> They're at the North Pole and there's trees? That doesn't seem right. Protected trees. The largest, most protected tree he could find. 
Slowly moving his hands, Aang made a trail of water come from the riverbank to him, then rest on Katara's head. It's a fucking twig. It's the only tree in the Arctic. It's like, that's the most protective. <laughs> Katara! Katara, please wake up! Come on, Katara, get up! Aang silently prayed to himself. Katara made- <laughs> Why? Why is he being silent? He's silently praying to himself. <laughs> He's just staring her down. Wake up. <laughs> Katara made a small moaning sound and shifted as the water trickled down the side of her face and into her hair, but she still <laughs> remained unconscious. Aang sighed and told himself she would be fine as he took hold of the girl's petite hand. Aang stayed this way for a few minutes, just staring at Katara's peaceful. He heard the footsteps crashing through the forest. Oh no. <laughs> Sokka, Aang started before he saw who it person just smirked. Read that sentence again, please. <laughs> Sokka Aang started before he saw who it person just smirked. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Once again, you are wrong, Avatar, Zuko sneered. Now put aside your gushy love stories and get up. We have unfinished business to take care of. It gets better. Once again, for the first time in this story. Slowly, Aang dropped Katara's hand at her side and rose. Confidently, he strolled toward the teenage prince. God, he has issues, Aang secretly thought with a grin on his face. What are you smiling at? Zuko snapped harshly. Aang's grin broadened, while Zuko just glared in frustration and anger. Ooh, nothing that concerns anyone else, most especially you, Aang replied in an irritatingly calm voice. <laughs> Especially you, because it is about you, he added quietly to himself. <laughs> well, can we just get a move on this? I don't have all day, you know. I have to capture you, get you to my ship, take you to my father, and watch you be disposed of. Now, shall we duel? Zuko asked evilly. It's like every, every single customer. <laughs> Why are you keeping me in line? I need to berate you, insult you in front of everyone else, and then leave you a negative review. How dare you waste my time? Now, barista, shall duel we do I'll fight you over the pumpkin spice. I'll kill you over my burrito that's cold in the middle. My father will real. My father will dispose of you. <laughs> what? My father will dispose of you because my hot chocolate is not 160 degrees. Oh my god. Anyway, Zuko's new name is Karen. Aang <laughs> never got a chance to answer because a huge ball of flames was coming towards him. He quickly jumped out of the way just in time. Another ball of flame came toward him, but this time he was ready. He dodged it and circled his arms around his face. <laughs> ready the first time, is that how he dodged it? A huge burst of air encircled him and shot toward the other boy. Zuko tried to block with a shield of flames, but that backfired. <laughs> the flames and wind collided, resulting with the fire being blown back at Zuko. Aang laughed for a second, then straightened as Zuko regained balance. Ha ha, Avatar, very funny. How appropriate. You get your last laugh when you are with me, the girl. No. <laughs> I read that wrong. You get your last laugh when you are with me and the girl. When you get to my father, you will never laugh or even smile again. That much I can swear to you, Zuko growled maliciously. 
Angus smiled. You see, that is where you are wrong, Prince Zuko. You won't get me to your father, so none of that can happen. You'll have to catch me first, <laughs> Aang said in a tone that clearly irritated Zuko. Another flame came at Aang, but being so small has advantages. Aang easily ducked right under it. While the flame passed, Aang could just see the lake's edge. He focused hard and saw a large wave coming up behind Zuko. Zuko, of course, did not see it. <laughs> Aang smiled as the wave of water hovered over the unsuspecting prince. He smiled even wider when the water went crashing down over his opponent's head. <laughs> where is Spurs guitar? She is unconscious next to the largest, most oh, protected where? tree in the North Pole. <laughs> he smiled even wider when the water went crashing down over his opponent's head. The force knocked Zuko over and Aang sped over to his side where he could easily injure or kill the boy on the ground. <laughs> he didn't have any intention of doing either, though. <laughs> Zuko had seen Aang coming, so he pretended he had a wound. Aang turned to look at Katara, she's right there, and see how she was doing, but this wasn't the smartest thing to do. Zuko punched Aang in the jaw extremely hard! This sent Aang flying far enough away that Zuko could get up and launch another fire, engulfed Aang and caused him to disappear temporarily. He didn't know how he could get out of this one. Zuko's 15. My bad. How the fuck? Just like, like boxer. <laughs> Just <laughs> sucker punching this 12 year old. <laughs> so hard that it sends him flying. See you never, loser. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Rock'em Sock'em Firebender. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em Dishonorable Prince. <laughs> oh my god. Aang was just about to run when something inside him went off. Now he was mad. He was mad about Katara so that Zuko could have his duel. He was mad that he hadn't properly learned any bending skills except air. He was most especially mad that this teenage boy wanted to capture him like an animal and take him to the man who started this war. That's just incorrect. <laughs> he was mad at Zuko and Ozai and all the other firebenders for starting the war that he had to finish in order to save the world. He was mad that there was no one who could help him with any of this. That's a lot of angst to be triggered by one punch. Aang moved with the fire to the fort. It's the... North Pole! There's no forest! Surprise! <laughs> Aang moved with the fire to the forest and shot up a tree. He sat there waiting, waiting for the perfect moment to attack. Zuko was searching wildly for Aang, but he didn't see him anywhere. Suddenly, a shot of water came and snapped Zuko while another burst of air pushed him over. They can't see you. <laughs> Stop it. With a towel. Fucking right in the ass. Rat tailed him. <laughs> Aang jumped out of the tree and landed right by Zuko's head. The look of anger Aang had on his face slightly unnerved the fire. Was he prince. laying down? Zuko? Yeah. He got knocked over. Oh. He got I snapped that part. part. He got snapped by the water whip and then Aang pushed him over I with, missed it, that with he, air. I missed that he'd actually fallen over. It pushed him over. Pushed I missed him over. that. And so when you said that Aang landed by his head, 
<laughs> I was very confused. He tried to shift away from the younger boy, but found that Aang had pinned him to the air with ground. No. <laughs> Is that what it says? No. No, let me give that one another go. He tried to shift away from the younger boy, but found that Aang had pinned him with air to the ground. Katara, in her subconscious mind, had heard a lot of commotion. Or at least she thought she did. <laughs> now, however, she was sure as she began to see a little clearer after waking from her fort, former state of unconsciousness. What she saw shocked her somewhat. She saw Zuko pinned to the ground and Aang standing over him. The look on Aang's face, though, she couldn't see until she shifted and he heard her. Even though he was looking at her, she didn't think that was who the Death Glare was for. <laughs> or maybe it is for me. Did I do something to upset him? She thought as she glanced up at Aang, who was now focused on Zuko again. I could have, but what would have made him this mad that I could have done? She was wondering to herself. Then she heard Aang's voice. I don't care if you hunt me or stalk me. This is just plain ridiculous. I don't want the burden of protecting everyone and myself. I didn't ask for it. Now you insist on getting me to my biggest enemy. You've hurt my friends. Your nation killed all of my people. My family. Your nation killed my friends' families. All of their friends. You've hurt the ones I loved. The ones I love now. I won't stand for it anymore. Of this, you kill me, then I will just be reincarnated. But if I kill you, then you are gone. Forever. <laughs> now leave me and my friends the hell alone! Aang ragefully yelled. He was preparing to do something that Katara couldn't tell what. He was hesitant about it. Just as he was about to strike, he stopped. Aang, don't do it, Katara yelled. Don't kill him. You know you don't want to. I can tell. This is just hate that is making you do this. Please, Aang, just let him go. Just let him go. Please, Aang. I know he and his nation have hurt you beyond healing, but hurting and killing him, it won't do any good. Please, just let him leave. That is let go not the Katara I know and love. <laughs> Let go of the hate, Aang. Just let go. I know you can do it. By the time she finished talking, she was almost in tears. Her shoulders shook as she laid her head in her hands and slumped to the ground. Aang's face softened at the sight of his friend's sorrow. However, this didn't stop him from hating the Fire Prince. You see what I mean? You only cause devastation. My friend stopped me from killing you or even injuring you because she values lives even if they belong to people who don't give a damn about others. You, your nation, your people, they don't care about anything but themselves. You kill without a care. Everything is about war and power. I will let you go if you just leave my friends and I alone. But when I say alone, I mean you can still follow, but if you must try <laughs> to fight me, do it when I am alone. Do you clearly understand what I am saying? That's me as an emo 14-year-old being like, I don't want to be around anyone. Everyone, leave me alone. I want to be alone. And then the moment someone's not texting me, I'm like, Nobody not like that. <laughs> I want to be alone, but like, not really. Oh my god. <laughs> Aang still hated Zuko, but his anger had somewhat subsided. The prince just glared as he nodded. Aang released him, and he left. As soon as Zuko was gone, Aang ran over to Katara. When he got there, she stood up and smiled at him. I knew you could. Mae Whitman. That's her name. That's Katara's voice actress, Mae Whitman. I'm so proud of you. I remembered. Why? How? You were unconscious, but 
Katara, I am so glad you are okay. I wouldn't be able to bear it if anything happened to you or Sokka. I would blame myself forever and a thousand more lives, Aang softly said. Slowly, Katara raised her head until she was eye to eye with Aang. I am just glad that you are fine, Aang. When I saw you look at me earlier, you were going to kill him, weren't you? Don't ever let your anger control you, Aang. I know it must be hard for you, mastering the elements, saving the world, even dealing with your feelings must be... <laughs> she was cut off mid-sentence, though, as Aang leaned in and captured her mouth tenderly. <laughs> she had gone rigid, but slowly she relaxed and started to respond to his kiss. <laughs> hey, guys! Well, oh my god! What the... You and you... You're kissing my sister! Sokka nearly fainted at what he had seen. Slowly, Aang and Katara pulled away from each other and faced Sokka. I am sorry, Sokka, but I have only just realized that I am in love with your beautiful sister, so I just had to prove it to her. Kissing a woman out of nowhere? Not a good way to prove you love her. No, no, just wait. Besides, he looked at Katara. I think she liked it, and said laughingly. <laughs> No! No! <laughs> yes. That's bad! <laughs> Sokka just moaned and passed out. <laughs> Me when I find out my sister's had sex. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> Katara giggled and motioned for Aang to help her get her unconscious brother back to the camp. A few hours later, Aang and Katara were talking by the fireside when Sokka woke up. Aang, Katara, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> you, he pointed to Aang, you were making out with my sister. You were making out with my sister! Sokka was now in hysterics. <laughs> my best friend and my sister? My best friend and my sister? My best friend and my sister! <laughs> <laughs> Sokka's a better Ross than Ross ever was. <laughs> Hot take. Sokka is Ross if he had a conscience or like any sense of was respect able to for women. Was able to change or grow as a person at all in any capacity. Post Suki, like Sokka was the Ross. Woke. Sokka was the Ross that could have been. Sokka's the Ross we deserve. Sokka did more character development in in three seasons than Ross did in the 11 seasons of Friends. Oh, God. Yeah, that's not... Is that how many seasons of Friends are? I think there were 10. 10? I think it was 10. That's too much Ross Geller I've for I've watched anybody. all of it. I know. I've seen most of it, unfortunately. I'm kidding. Friends is, Friends is good. It's, it's so problematic Ross. and terrible, but also oh, addictive. God. Yeah, okay, let me finish this. <laughs> okay. Sokka was now in hysterics. Yeah, well, true love doesn't come around very often, Aang said as he gave Katara a kiss on the cheek and went to bed. <laughs> Hang on, there's a postscript. It says, THE END. All caps. If I had all the time in the world, I would spend it with two people. I would spend my time not worrying what my hair looked like, but if my brother Sokka was going to kill himself on accident, and what Aang was practicing so I could help him. That is what I say now. Back when I first met Aang, I would have said different. I really think I would have told you I was looking for love in my father. I have now found both, and they are, along with my brother, the closest things in my heart. If you want to know how I came to find my father, my truest love, and a way to keep my brother out of trouble, then I'll tell you how it all happened. 
It started with a day that didn't look too good for traveling. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Is that supposed to be the summary? Maybe? Anyway, that was the slow development of love. Well, that was arguably the worst thing that I have ever had read to me. <laughs> Using words. <laughs> a voice. Oh my god. That was... That hurt me deeply. I had to read it in my soul. Okay, but real quick before you start that, can I just say how fucking funny it is to me that this 12-year-old pacifist air nomad monk is like... I'm gonna kill this 15-year-old. Fits with the cannon. <laughs> it's like, did you read? Or did, did oh my you watch, God. Did you watch the show? Stop before you hurt yourself. All right, what are you bringing to the table? I have a little fanfic called Glee Fanfic Changes. <laughs> and I have two parts there's four parts to this i think that if we if we get to the first part and we want more i'll read the second part if not i'll leave it at the first part okay um it is from livejournal.com it was published in 2010 by an author called nia is love and sh- this author they they have a, a lot of glee fan fiction <laughs> including the animal fan fiction series about that that you know no judgment a little judgment but i'm confused by it (laughs) it seems like they were going through a really hard time they wrote some personal posts okay so i get that it's an outlet all right no judgment then no judgment just i didn't choose to read those (laughs) so this is glee fanfic changes rating t for now R and possibly NC-17 by the conclusion. Oh, Jesus. Not, not, of this, not of this part, but apparently by the end of all four parts. Getting steamy. Okay. This is a Glee and X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm ready. Combination. Bring although, it on. Although, I will say it's not a direct crossover. There are no X-Men characters. It's just... If McKinley High was <laughs> a school for the mutants. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> I still have to finish like the last six episodes. Well, this is better than all of that. I was hyper fixating on Glee and I watched like all five and a half seasons in two weeks. Yeah. And I haven't finished it yet. And it's been a while. Anyway, please begin. Sylvester's School for Gifted Youngsters was a safe haven for mutant children. It had been founded originally by a man named Figgins, but his lack of affirmative action left a sour taste in the mouths of benefactors. They wanted their children to be safe from the harsh criticisms of the world, and he wasn't cutting it. So Sue Sylvester was asked to step up, and she did so with no hesitation. Since her regime started, There has been no government involvement, civil protests, or student deaths slash serious injuries. There was still a decent amount of in-school bullying, however, but the parents didn't know about that. Beyond the obvious reasons, students were picked on for having unusual talents, or useless ones, or, in the case of Kurt Hummel, seemingly not having an ability at all. Kurt had been attending the academy for a few years now, and no one had seen anything even slightly out of the ordinary. The bullying started as a way to draw out his ability. He was new. That delicate. <laughs> that 
seems questionable. He was new, delicate looking, and not a single student knew what he could do. That's a new? New. He I was thought new. I he'd been there for three years. <laughs> Make up your mind. So guys took his stuff, pushed him into walls, and called him names. They just genuinely wanted to know what he could do, and they figured that if they pushed hard enough, he'd react. But when days turned into weeks, into months, people got fed up. To them, it was obvious that Hummel had gotten in on his daddy's talents rather than his own. The working theory was that Bert Hummel, matter ingester and auto mechanic. <laughs> That's my new title. From now on, you can only call me Bert Hummel, matter ingester and auto mechanic. The, um, the author clarifies at the end that that means he can eat anything. I know what matter ingester I know, I'm just means. saying, like, they clarify. Okay. The working theory was that Bert Hummel, matter ingester and auto mechanic, paid Sue to overlook Kurt's lack of ability. There was also small, smaller rumor going around that she had sex with him for a lacar, but no one was willing to discuss that one openly. Okay, that just, it doesn't seem like your ungifted child is gonna have a quality education at a school that does not <laughs> even remotely cater to his abilities. Oh, but just wait. Kurt seemed to take the bullying in stride, even making friends with other misfit mutants. He seemed to be a magnet for kids with useless or strange abilities. <laughs> His first friend, Mercedes Jones, could change the density of any object. So far, she'd only made the walls denser so she could sing without annoying the hell out of her floor mates. <laughs> then came Tina Cohen Chang, who could change her hair color at will. She, yeah, convinced, <laughs> she convinced Artie Abrams to join their group, which made bullying harder, but watching funnier. What the fuck? <laughs> Artie could numb anyone's pain, but unfortunately, due to an accident, he numbed his own legs permanently. <laughs> oh man, that really sucks! I'm sorry, dude! He alternated between walking really funny and just making do with a wheelchair. Occasionally, Rachel Berry joined them, which made bullying a non-issue almost entirely. She can make this screeching sound that left you deaf for a few hours and your ears ringing for days. So essentially just the same Rachel Berry as his hot glee. <laughs> Leah Michelle is so ridiculously talented. She is, but Rachel Berry's the worst. Rachel Berry's annoying as fuck, but oh my god, Leah Michelle in Spring Awakening. <gasps> so good. Focus, Sorry. focus. Alright. The reins were pretty lax under Figgins' control, so as long as no one got seriously hurt, things were pretty much ignored. But after Sue stepped up, pushing Hummel around got harder. She seemed to go out of her way to look out for him, which made people suspicious. But then she'd turn around and yell amusingly offending things at him, and people got confused. It didn't stop the bullying, it just made the attacks more precise. Puck! Finn! Dave Karofsky is running across the courtyard with a malicious grin on his face. <laughs> Jumped. Just casually. <laughs> Jumped right to present tense, alright, cool. Mm -hmm. But it was after three dots. So, it's oh. okay then. So that was all the exposition. <laughs> yes, this is the all actual right. story now. So the info dump has been completed, <laughs> and now we're into the basic prose. There is yet more info dump of, throughout this. All right. Yes, Bring I don't it believe on. it's in third or past tense. I think it's all in present tense now. Oh. Dave Karofsky is running across the courtyard with a malicious grin on his face. Once his friends spot him, they stop and wait. Puck huffs out a, What? Why, staring down a passing underclassman. 
He smiles as the boy shudders and hurries away. When Dave catches his breath, he laughs and claps his hands together before motioning for the two boys to lean in closer. Ha ha! <laughs> Come here, boys! Come here, boys, leaning close to me, my companions! I've got a, a way to test if Hummel's a mutant. If this don't work, nothing will. Huck and Finn smile eagerly and nudge each other. So I heard from Mike Chang, who heard from that Tina chick, that Hummel hates water. He's scared of it or something. So I say we push him in the pool and watch. Huck and Finn shift awkwardly. As exciting as it is to have an opportunity like this, it seems dangerous. Huck, surprisingly, is the first to speak up. I don't know, man. What if he can't swim? I'm all for freaking him out, but I don't want to kill him. Nah, it's cool. Finn can just sit at the bottom and wait. If Hummel can't swim, Finn can get him out. Huck cocks his eyebrow and shifts his weight back and forth. It seems like an okay plan, but Finn's not the brightest guy sometimes. <laughs> Bold words coming from <laughs> Noah Puckerman, known idiot. Being able to breathe underwater has kept him learn kept him from learning what holding your breath looks like. He could just imagine Finn getting distracted by the bubbles and wondering why Hummel kept making faces. I feel like if you're a person <laughs> that's ever been in a body of water with other people, you know what swimming looks like. <laughs> or drowning. Well, yeah, I guess I could do that. Hey, then I wouldn't get in trouble at all because I could pretend I was just swimming. I like this plan. Finn smiles and fist bumps a still cautious Huck. Together, the three of them head towards the dorms to set the plan in motion. I feel like that's sort of a, a personality <laughs> switch. I feel like Puck would be the one that's like, hell yeah, man! And Finn would be the one that's like, maybe, maybe not! <laughs> maybe, just maybe not. I do love, though, Finn is not always the brightest guy. <laughs> Together, the three of them head towards the dorms to set the plan in motion. They agree that it should be around three when they do it, so that it's light out, but only a few students would be out and about. They wanted witnesses in case something happened, for gossip's sake. Isn't that when school, like, usually gets out? Apparently this is apparently this is like dorms and stuff, so they just live there. Yeah, I know, but like, when do classes end? I don't care. Don't people do recreational <laughs> things, like swim when classes get out? <laughs> no, they're mutants. God. They wanted witnesses in case something happened, for gossip's sake, but they didn't want too big of a scene. It also had to be quick and look at least vaguely like an accident. Finn would have to slip into the pool earlier by at least 20 minutes, and Puck and Dave were going to pass a football around for cover. <laughs> when three o'clock rolls around, everyone is in place and Puck is keeping an eye out for Sue while Dave looks out for Kurt. They just expect him to show up at 3 o'clock so they can enact this inane plan. After a rather spectacular fumble from Dave, they spot Kurt. He's walking with Tina and Artie. Or rather, he's walking next to Tina and supporting Artie. They're all laughing at something, and their heads are tilted together like it's a secret. Jacob Ben Israel is hovering behind them at a seemingly respectful distance, but with his hearing, he might as well be sitting on their backs. He doesn't look too excited, so Puck decides they must not be talking about anything interesting. But Dave sees this as a wonderful opportunity. If Jacob Ben Israel sees it, the whole school will know about it within the hour. When the three of them stray too close, 
puck throws the ball into Kurt's path. Dave runs to, quote, get the ball, and manages to knock Kurt free of Artie. Tina catches him, but Kurt continues to stumble right into the pool. When Tina and Artie scream and worry, everyone turns to look. Puck toes along the edge of the pool, watching Finn to make sure he does his job. Can't really see anything, though, because Kurt's landing had been rough, and the surface of the water is a mess of waves and bubbles. Doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> Underwater, Finn is dumbstruck. <laughs> Underwater, <laughs> Finn's a dumb fuck. <laughs> He'd seen Kurt's distorted form before he splashed in and moved along the floor of the pool to get a better look. A mass of bubbles escaped Kurt's mouth as he screamed in shock. Just as Finn was about to push off the tile and pull Kurt to safely, he stopped. Mouth wide open, limbs floating bonelessly around him. I'm sorry? Bonelessly? <laughs> floating bonelessly. Limbs floating bonelessly around him. Is that what you said? Just as Finn was about to push off the tile and pull Kurt to safety, he stopped, mouth wide open, <laughs> just straight it, <laughs> limbs floating bonelessly I around can't. him. What the fuck does that mean? It wasn't just waves causing distortions. Kurt was changing shape. It was subtle, but there. Just before Kurt pulled himself out of the pool, Finn saw Kurt twist and watched his shirt billow out around him. The twist and jerk needed to get to the surface pulled the thin white tee close to Kurt's chest for just a moment. Thin white tee? In the thin white tee. Thin white tee. Thin white tee close to Kurt's chest for just a moment. Is that discount plain white tee? In that second, Finn swore he saw Kurt Hummel's left nipple. <laughs> I told you it's a good one. <laughs> what the fuck? In that moment, sorry. In that second, Finn swore he saw Kurt Hummel's left nipple pressed tight to the fabric. A nipple most defiantly attached to a small, perky breast. What the fuck? Above the water, all eyes were on the pool. Tina had set Artie down in the grass and was leaning over the edge, trying to help pull Kurt free. When he finally came up, he clutched desperately at Tina's arm and hoisted himself free. When he stood, there was only silence. Kurt Hummel was a mutant! Standing on the ledge of the pool, Kurt stood sopping wet as a girl. His white shirt clung to his frame like a second skin, generously outlining the slope and curve of his small breasts and perky nipples. Fuck me. This was written by a man. His jeans fell a bit and hung awkwardly around his new hips, and his hair had grown out a small bit to curl and stick around his her face. Fuck me, this isn't real. <laughs> Dave dropped his football. Puck's mouth hung open. Finn finally bobbed out of the water, and somewhere in the back of the crowd, Jacob Ben Israel snapped a picture. Dude, you're a chick. Like, a hot chick. I want to die. For a moment, Kurt looks positively stunned at Puck's confession. After an awkward cough from Artie, Kurt crosses his arms over his chest and looks intently at his feet. 
Yes, well, thank you. As you can see, I've clearly been traumatized by this entire experience. If you don't mind, I'm going to go lock myself in my room until my penis grows back. <laughs> no. No. The trans icon we all need. I can have a vagina, but only if I get wet first. <laughs> I hate this so much. Puck nods dumbly as Kurt passes him, stepping slowly to the side and watching him go. Slowly, the students who had been who had seen, began talking excitedly. What? Nothing about the gentle sway of his hips? <laughs> Hate oh, to see him oh, go, but love to watch him leave! <laughs> wait till you hear this last line here. Oh, hang on. Wait. Tina, hang on. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the last line. This is leading to it. Oh my god. Tina quickly helped Artie up, and the two of them hobbled after Hummel. <laughs> when the crowd began to thin, Puck dimly recalled that Kurt's feet had slid around in her shoes. Fairy feet. <laughs> End of part one. What? Fairy feet. Fairy feet? Fairy feet. Fa what does that mean? Because they were so small in her shoes. Alright, well, we still have a little bit of time. No. Yeah, we do. Because <laughs> I'm going to be cutting out a lot of this. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Unless I really, unless the Holy Spirit compels me. I believe it will. Uh, Alright. Lay it on me. Part two. Here we go. Changes. Part two. Kurt was all about theatrics. He enjoyed singing flashy fashion, and dramatic flair. He'd never seen a reason to walk away from anything with his head down, so his wet and shameful walk back to the dorms stung just a bit more than it should have. He'd worked hard to keep his ability a secret, and beyond the sheer humiliation of being sopping wet in public with an admittedly useless ability, there was the water. As Kurt stood at the base of the stairs to his dorm, he stopped. Wait. Is the reason that Kurt only turns into a girl in water just so that he can have sexy shower scenes? Probably. In wet t-shirt contests. Yeah. But I, it has not been explained yet. Alright, well, sexy shower scenes Worth seems it. like a good motivation yeah. to give him this power. Yeah. Especially if Blaine actually was by. Yeah. He's not, but yeah. Puck is now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as Kurt stood at the base of the stairs to his dorm, he stopped. He'd finally overcome the shock of humiliation and was letting the fear sink in. When Kurt took hold of the railing, his arms shook and he turned to watch, willing himself to be braver. Instead, he found himself staring, transfixed at the small droplets of water trailing down his arm. His eyes traced their paths and willed them to drip away, his ears filled with static as two drops merged together before slipping off the crook of his elbow onto the floor below. He was jarred out of his trance when a warm jacket was traped over his, her, shoulders. Kurt. Also, this is back in, um, 
Uh, past tense. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh so point that out real fast. Oh, man. Kurt, you're all wet. You okay? Kurt closed his eyes and pulled the jacket close to his body, trying to hide his chest. I'm fine, Sam, just embarrassed. Behind him, Sam squeezed his shoulders and smiled sadly. Wanna tell me who did it? Kurt shook his head and clutched the jacket's hem tighter. Okay, well, you want me to walk you back to our room? Kurt was torn. He was still embarrassed enough to want solitude, but still shaken enough to want comfort, but he couldn't ask. When he felt Sam pull away, he let out a shaky breath and prepared himself for some alone time. Sam, however, had other plans. He wrapped one arm around Kurt's shoulders and gently urged him up the stairs towards their room. As they got to the term, Sam looked over and they motioned for Artie and Tina to head off. They passed several students, a few of whom actually knew what had happened, and a few who openly oogled Kurt's new feminine form. Sam grit his teeth when an upperclassman yelled, Get some Evans! But did nothing. Kurt was doing his best to shrink away into Sam's side and accomplishing very little. If anything, the timid, shaky squirms only drew in more attention. When they finally reached their room, Kurt's face was beet red. Sam locked the door behind them and stared intently at the doorknob while he listened to the sound of wet clothes being tossed aside. He played absently with the pockets of his jeans while he listened to Kurt dress. A small cough turned him around. Sam smiles widely at the sight before him. Kurt is wearing a simple cotton summer dress in a powdery pink. We're back in present tense. I've never seen you in a girl's clothes before. Well, my secret's out, isn't it? I might as well pretend to own it. Sam frowns again and scratches the back of his neck. You really okay with this, Kurt? I have to be, don't I? It's not like I can turn back time or erase memories. Sam watches Kurt fill <laughs> with the hem of his dress. I bet someone can. <laughs> not Sam, though. He just has thick skin. <laughs> Trouty mouth. <laughs> Sam watches Kurt fiddle with the hem of his dress and decides not to push it. Well, it looks good on you. Just make sure you're back before you change, I guess. Oh, just, yeah, Sam's superpower has thick skin. It said it between part one and part two. Oh, yeah, because they didn't. Sorry. Kurt's face screws up in mock horror, then relaxes into a smile. Yeah, okay, Dad. I'll be back at a respectable hour. But seriously, Sam, I don't want to go anywhere right now. Can we just... Kurt doesn't have to explain. He understands completely the need for baby steps, the need to just sit it out in peace. So Sam nodded and pulled his laptop off the desk and huddled back on the bottom bunk, back into past tense. We can watch Avatar, right? <laughs> Kurt groaned but climbed on the bed regardless. While Sam booted up the laptop, Kurt fidgeted with the dress, adjusting seams and smoothing wrinkles. Oh man, if Sam has that laptop on his lap, he gonna get shrunken testes. <laughs> <laughs> Educational podcast! <laughs> By the time the movie started, not Avatar The Last Airbender, it's either Avatar The Last Airbender, the movie. No, the movie's just called The Last Airbender. Avatar The Movie. It's Avatar The Movie, I can guarantee it. The school was in chaos. Well, a decent amount of it anyways. Kurt Hummel turned into a girl. Not a single betting pool had nailed that down as a possibility. Do they not have a single shapeshifter in the school? <laughs> this shouldn't be, like, this shouldn't be news. There were more bets on Hummel being an actual fairy 
than being able to change sex. <gasps> Fairy feet. <laughs> Karofsky was beside himself with laughter. After Hummel had entered the dormitories, he had broke down laughing and didn't stop until Puck kicked him into the pool. Finn managed to dodge him and crawled out onto the ground, still dumbfounded by what he had seen and heard. Perky breasts and nipples. A left nipple of his, attached of, to a perky breast. Of his stepbrother. Is he and Karen married? In I don't know, but Carol. Was it Carol or Karen? It was Carol, wasn't it? I can't remember. Carol I'm Hudson. just saying. Yeah, no, Finn's mom's name's Carol. Do you really think he's hot, Puck? Puck sent Finn a look that had his toes curling nervously in the grass. <laughs> she, she, well, really he, but, or I mean, Kurt, do you think Kurt is really hot? Finn had heard Puck's drunken ramblings about guys not being all that bad and how he had, quote, more sex than most chicks can handle, but he'd never seen Puck actively pursue a guy. Oh my God. Hot is hot. Picking on the kid doesn't change his looks. I bet you got, a, got an eyeful down there. What do you think? Finn blushed and edged away from Puck. He'd thought girl Kurt was plenty attractive. It was normal Kurt that had him bothered. <laughs> this is the worst thing! In the last episode, you said you weren't gonna be rating smut. This is still just rated T. Oh my god. It's rated, please stop. <laughs> it's rated, I don't want to hear anymore. Not my type. Puck nods. Finn can tell by his eyes that he knows. With a frustrated sigh, Puck storms off, stepping on Karofsky's fingers as he's tried to climb free of the pool. He paid the hurt noise no mind and wandered. We just switched back and forth from present to past. He paid the hurt noise no mind and wandered towards the dorms. He jogged through the foyer. And Did you say watered toward the dorms? Wandered towards the dorms. I heard watered towards the dorms. <laughs> Me too. That's what Kurt did earlier. <laughs> Watered. Slorped to the door. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Fishman Finn. <laughs> <laughs> he jogged through the foyer and spotted Sam Evans leading Kurt away, and Artie and Tina standing at the base of the stairs, upset. He knew better than to follow after Sam, but felt like he should at least go after Tina and Artie. He shifted his weight from foot to foot, wondering whether or not apologizing to them would please Kurt. When Tina turned back and scowled at him, he made up his mind. Yeah, so... sorry? Uh, qu qu question is an apology. Is it... This must be before um, Tina yeah. stopped stuttering. This must be like... Alright, okay. I, this is just inconsistent with canon. That's fine. Tina stopped stammering in season one when they were all sophomores. But I Sam think. wasn't introduced until like season three. Sam wasn't introduced until season three <laughs> and they've already been at the school for three years. I'm sorry, we just wanted to see what Hummel could do. I didn't think he'd turn into a chick. Well, I guess there are child mutants at the school too. I guess it's technically, did they say she was a, no, that was me, Never mind. <laughs> Artie wobbled a little as he turned to face Puck. What if Kurt couldn't swim? You could have killed him! While Artie yelled, he flung out his arms and had to catch himself on the stairs to keep from falling. Well, he can swim and we had it covered. Finn was waiting in the water. I just wanted to ruffle his feathers. When the two of them continued to scowl, Puck stomped away. He spotted Santana lounging on a couch and headed over. <laughs> Head bitch alert. 
She could feel him coming, not in a psychic sense. She just knew. It was like feeling someone's eyes on the back of your head. Santana smiled and relaxed further into the plush suede of the couch. She didn't open her eyes when he stopped in front of her and didn't move when he tried to sit down. She kept all of her visible skin in sight and off of him. I'm sorry? <laughs> she kept all of her visible skin in sight. She kept all of her visible skin in sight. And off of him. What does... Can you explain that to me? <laughs> do, you, do you know what the fuck that means? I really wish I could. I think she has some sort of, like, she can control things. What is, but she has to be touching them? What does it say her superpower is? At the beginning um, at the beginning of part one. At the beginning of... Or, yeah. Tactile hypnosis. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It means that she can hypnotize somebody if she's touching them. All right. Because tactile is, yeah. is kinetic. It's physical. It's, what you, it's not kinetic. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, here we go. She kept all of her visible skin in sight and off of him. Okay, that still doesn't make any fucking sense, though. She's known him so long that she can sense to subtleties in his pheromones. He has pheromone control. Puck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Puck? She can smell the difference between male attractors and female ones. Flowers to grass. What about non-binary ones? She knows the sickly sweet smell that makes people listen, thick and warm like molasses. Oh, she knows that strawberries and popcorn make her feel giggly, like she's wrapped around Brittany, or in her. <laughs> she knows that the light smell of water means trouble and rough sex that's too <laughs> suffocating to be angry at. The light smell of Water? <laughs> what is what does water smell like? I've smell I've like I've sniffed a lot of glasses, I'm sure, but <laughs> locale water. <laughs> Fiji. Tap. Mountain spring. <laughs> Arrowhead. Get that black boxed water away from me. Santana takes a deep breath and smells crisp, fresh water, and suddenly, she's a dying man in a desert. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means! Well, we just learned that the smell of light water means angry sex. <laughs> what the fuck? These are they're just words! <laughs> they don't mean anything! <coughs> Wanna go? Santana smiles and runs her hand up the... A puck's thigh in a response. Puck's thigh. <laughs> puck's thigh in response. She's not sure why he smells like water in more ways than one. All right. All right. Okay. If you mean chlorine, <laughs> say chlorine. But she knows he'd rather smell like sweat and musk. Yeah, we can use my room. Brittany's out with Sue today. That's it. That's the end of part That's two. That's it. That's the end of part two. Oh I won't make you listen to part three. Please. Oh my god. That. If you mean. <laughs> In that moment, he swore he could see Kurt Hummel's left nipple. 
if you mean... Someone send this to Chris Colfer. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Chris Colfer, accomplished <laughs> author. I have something for you, Mr. Creator of Land of Stories. Along with Biggie Kurtz. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. I can't imagine being an actor and an author and having something like that sent to you. And just... Imagine like, finding this at 11 in the morning. Because that's what happened to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. While you were asleep next to me for another full hour. <laughs> Rough night. <laughs> oh, my God. I... Is this is this podcast worth doing? Is it, Please write and review. Let us know. <laughs> How much more of this do I have to subject myself to? But in all honesty, good God, I love it. I it's so bad. I'm all right. I'm I'm aggressively ambivalent toward everything that we've ever read. And ever will read. Aggressively ambivalent. I don't even I don't even know what to say, which is bad because this is a podcast and it hinges on me saying things. Yep. Kind of relies on the vocal component. Yeah, which mine is shot after Sokka's <laughs> strangled cat. <laughs> I almost said like, review, and subscribe. <laughs> I watch too much YouTube. Oh my god. Yeah, that's true. It's fine. And leave us a leave us a comment. Not a fuck. Leave us a review. Please. Rate and review us on iTunes. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know what is to be said. And please send us your recommendations, requests. Comments, etc. At, at the, the fanfic, fanfic review at gmail.com. Review, of course, is it's spelled, spelled like -E the title of the podcast. Thank you and good night. No, we shouldn't talk over each other. Please send <laughs> your recommendations, reviews, and requests to. You can't see, but they're like <laughs> holding their arms out and like they're presenting me like like Will Smith presenting his wife at the Oscars. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> the fanfic. You're just arm candy. <laughs> anyway, send us an email. We love you all. The fan. <laughs> Can I speak? Can you? The fanfic review at gmail.com spelled like the title of our show. R-E-V-U-E. -E. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And good night. That's a wrap. <laughs>